every Thursday, the coolest place to be on the internet is YouTube, and not for trailers of Marvel movies that don't exist made by Den of Geek, but for <laughs> soda discussions. The weekly soda pop review and discussion video produced, directed, edited, and everything by Jimmy and starring your hosts, Jeff and Dan from yeah, Me Into. that's us. We're from the show you're listening to right now. And we're trying to make you watch another show of ours. Yeah. It's really good. It's humorous. It's informational. It's insightful. It's It's so delightful. It's soda pop. And the taste of the fizz is on my tongue. (laughs) You're tonic. I don't know what. So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. <laughs> I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's the Righteous Gemstones. My name is Dan, and I like riding electric scooters. My name is Jeff, and I drove by Joe Manchin on the interstate, and I think he was afraid of me. My name is Jimmy, and my least favorite chore is tied with laundry and dishes. That's, that's Jimmy. Yeah. I think that you've talked about both of those separately or one of us has at some point. Probably. It's a recurring thing. It's like every five episodes we're like, <laughs> I hate doing normal things that we have to do. Yeah. 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 That's one of them. You or, have a dishwasher? I do. Yeah. Which do you hate more? Uh, folding laundry or putting away dishes? Putting away dishes is easy. I don't mind putting away dishes, but when the dishwasher is full and Dude. I still have more dishes and the dishwasher is cleaning... Then I have to like actually clean I, dishes. I had a, uh, a one of those fun facts or talk myself into or whatever where yeah. I like to pack mm. because it just mm. feels so satisfying. Packing a dishwasher gets me chub, dude. I love <laughs> it if, when you get everything you in there go perfectly. To it's oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah, as the Gen Zs are saying, I don't generate a lot of dishes. There's certain things that I wash by hand just because of the nature of the product. Yeah. Uh, and I also have kind of a crappy dishwasher, so I never really like can fill it properly. Uh, things won't come clean if I like yeah. really mm. stock you it. Get, you got to know your machine. You have to become one with it. You got to sure, know yeah. when to hold them, when to yeah, fold them, exactly. When to yeah. walk away and when to run. Yeah. How often you ride in uh, electric scooters, Danny? Not often, but when I've traveled to cities that have like the Lime scooters or like the pay as you go scooters, is that where you just like you just drop them because they're Jeep? bs tracked yeah and you just pick them up wherever they yep. are it's so it's such a good idea but then you're walking by and you're just like tripping over scooters and shit <laughs> well no because you actually a lot of them especially in really big cities you have to like take a photograph of where you left them and it has to be approved or else you keep getting charged oh yeah. i didn't know that so i just you, thought that that's just... to prevent you from just like throwing them in the middle of the road or the well, sidewalk. I, yeah i know that but like when i was in venice beach they're just you're walking by and there's just like 
one halfway in the walkway and in the sand yeah i think they've like tried to improve that by the thing Uh, that i was talking about but what a great way to get around quickly affordably and it's fun i use them all over seattle yeah Yeah. nice except i'm fat so (laughs) so it's funny to watch uh well not only that but like you're fine until you get to a hill like no offense dan yeah but like when you see a fat person on a bicycle that's funny I ride a bicycle, so it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. So people drive by and are like, that's funny. Yeah, because when I get to hills, they don't go very much, <laughs> either the bicycle or the scooter. <laughs> but what are you going to do? It's fun. What are you going to do? It's cheaper than an Uber. I love how they're like, you have to wear a helmet to ride this. And I'm like, who the f*** are you kidding? <laughs> Sorry, Jim, but it's like, who's just walking around with a helmet? Like, maybe I'll ride a scooter today. I'll carry right. a helmet yes. all Some day. Some dorks in Brooklyn. Yeah. I live in Flatbush. I carry my helmet with me. <laughs> Shut up. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Those Brooklyners, they always get you. So tip of advice, if you ever see a license plate that doesn't have a state and it just says U.S. Senator, don't speed up to see who it is <laughs> because they get very scared. Is That's all. That's what I wanted to say. But had I known at the time, he's always been a, a bojo. But had I known that Joe Manchin would become who he is now, I would have done nothing differently because I'm not going to risk the life of an elected official because I'm not an insurrectionist. That's right. I like it. That's all I wanted to say. part of the episode where we are telling everybody what we have talked ourselves into recently just small things if you don't want to hear this skip ahead to the righteous gemstones man the timestamps are in the show notes just do what you want to do live your life we're not in control of you you're your own person we we value that independence we too have independence to come up with our own things that we want to do within uh morality and the law you know we don't want to overstep any boundaries but I, I think fast forwarding a podcast or listening to it in its entirety is not overstepping anything. So this week, guys, talking myself into it's a, it's a fun fun. Yeah, just, yeah, talking myself into a comedian artist uh, oh. person, uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I've I've heard his name like you know over the years. I've heard yeah. comedians that I listen to or enjoy mention him as an inspiration. As is he like a stand up. Not really. It's kind of like, so you know how like late night hosts used to all be stand-ups right, and now yeah. they're kind of all like sketch artists. Yeah. This is like the next level in that evolution. Oh, it's not oh, really oh. like stand-up or sketch. It's kind of, he's just kind of like a surrealist kind of like, I would say a, a more mature, like Tom Green. So he's like you know a new I mean? guy coming up. No, no, he's, this is, he died a long time ago. Oh. He's like from the 70s, 80s, I think. Oh, I've geez. never heard the name. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of familiar. But... I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm talking myself into him. I'm learning more about him and some of like the gags he did. Mm. Um, he was kind of a musician, kind of just like a performer. So I'm, I'm starting to dig deep into things he's done. Like, I think he was in a couple movies that didn't do that well. Um, he might've been in a sitcom, I think. So I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm looking more into him. What I've seen so far is pretty funny. Like with, um, you know, 
knowing the context of what he was doing mm. at the time maybe i wouldn't have been into him mm. i think a lot of people didn't understand what he was doing when he was doing it only later realized like oh wow that was actually pretty you know ingenious or never heard of him but he's a pioneer might have to do an episode on it maybe Ooh, jimmy cool. what yeah. are you talking yourself into i am talking myself into he forgot <laughs> <laughs> it's so good he can't wait to talk himself into this thing that has been very successful that he had to look it up. The Beatles get back. That was on what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just well, talk is, about is this it. the third time this is no, happening? I have on a the different show? one. I have a lot. So, no, just, okay. just we can both talk about it. Talk about Do it, it, Jim. So, this was a documentary by Peter Jackson, famous for Time Bandits. Yeah, I was gonna say that documentary he did like a couple of years ago, the the making of Lord of the Rings. No, <laughs> the World War One documentary. World War One one, yeah. Um, they will never grow old or some shit. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was a documentary that's been talked about for a couple of years now, I believe. It's been in the works. Basically, Peter Jackson was able to have access to all the footage that was shot for mm. the Let It Be documentary. That came out in 1970, I believe, maybe 1971. Uh. Um, but the movie came out and when the let it be movie came out, it was kind of like, oh, this is kind of like a sad look at the Beatles demise. Yep. Um, it, it was, was definitely a lot more like negative and it's like, oh, we kind of see why the Beatles broke up. But when Peter Jackson found all this footage, he was able to tell a story that basically showed a whole different light on it. And, um, the documentary is long as shit. Uh-huh. But it kept me engaged the entire fucking time. Sorry, Jim. Um, yeah, I mean, especially in the beginning, you have to sort of like get into the vibe, which yes. is that it's slow. Yes, it is. But I, I loved it. I think there's something uh, sort of like voyeuristic. Like you're getting to peek yep. inside this environment on the wall. that not a lot of people have seen before. Yeah, it was very, very, very cool. Um, at, like just like watching them come up with like... You, you saw Paul McCartney come up with the riff for Get Back. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is like literally like this iconic song. And he's just like saying some random words. It's also like as a musician, the truest interpretation of what it's like to be in a band and try to write together and deal yeah. with different personality dynamics and stuff. For sure. Are you comparing Society and Breakdown in 2002 <laughs> no. to the Beatles? <laughs> I'm comparing a real, real bands that I've been in yeah. to the Beatles. Yeah, no, it was crazy. I mean, like, this is a bit of a spoiler, I guess, but like, spoiler alert. Sorry for actual 40, events that happened. 50 years old. Yeah. Um, that secret conversation that was recorded between John and Paul, yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is weird. Like, mm -hmm. you're just listening to a conversation of two friends, but like, they're like the most famous people in the world. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't know, man, it's weird. It's weird hearing like a private conversation. It does feel voyeuristic. And um, it was really cool. And like the footage was incredibly um, uh, remastered. Yeah, it looks like it was shot today. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was super weird to see everybody so young. And um, the just, audio remaster was really impressive, too. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of that stuff was picked up like just from like a shitty condenser mic from yep. 15 feet away. Yeah. Can you imagine how much they had to clean up that audio? Oh, yeah. Just from sure. like ambient room noise and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was super weird and super crazy and like the tension that was in the room, but also like the parts where they were just goofing off, 
just recording stuff. Like they really hit their stride when they got back into the studio. It was really like a more three-dimensional look at this group of people who were clearly like drifting apart. Right. But still could come come together, no pun intended. Yes. No pun intended, and make some like beautiful art. Yeah. And like just like the little things too, like you could definitely tell that like tensions were high and they didn't want to like fight everybody. So George was like, all right, let's bring in Billy Preston. They're going to be on their best behavior if somebody else is in the room. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. It was really good. And of course we see the entire show of them on the, on the uh, rooftop too, which I don't think we've ever seen before. Right. Yeah. There have been like, I guess like rumored lists of like what they played and they played like get back like four times. They played like uh because don't forget they were trying to capture stuff right. from that rooftop for the recording for the album which one of the songs actually was which i didn't realize a couple of them yeah. or some things were edited together but yeah um i was kind of surprised about that but it was really good yeah it's really good and like even just seeing like recordings because i don't think that was in the let it be documentary was like you saw the recordings of some of the songs that are on the actual thing so you can see them being recorded yeah, and I, I love that. That's really cool. Little like text overlay they did. Like this yep. is the the version the, that appeared on Let It Be. Yeah, really good. Yeah, it was awesome. If you guys want to hear more of this, more of Dan and Jimmy jizzing over the Beatles. Yeah, we did two Beatles episodes. One was very early, we did, and one yeah. we did on the solo careers earlier in 2020. So if you just go to talkmeinto.com, type in Beatles, you'll find both episodes. That's true. Yeah. I'm talking myself into... Oh, some- you're not going? You're not doing the same one? No, I have one other thing I want to mention, just a quickie, um, because this is a little off off kilter for me. I'm not typically a big South Park guy. Uh-huh. Did you watch the COVID one? I did. What did you think of I'm talking myself it? into South Park post-COVID. I thought the first half was funnier than the second half. I actually watch it, and I don't really watch South Park anymore, because same. it's just kind of like... It's all topical, which is fine, but that's yeah. not really why I like South Park in the beginning anyway. Right. And then they just became only that. Yeah. Um, there's not... Interestingly enough, I haven't seen South Park in probably like 15 years, and there's not... Must not be a lot of lore, because I didn't feel like I was really missing out on anything. There actually is a lot of lore. The, yeah, there is. Some of the later seasons, they have season-long arcs. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, yeah. I don't know if they specifically like straight away from like it Like the, the weed farm thing? Yeah, that was the only mm-hmm. thing. Integrity Farms or whatever. I figured out right. what was going on there. But for the most part, it was just a really funny critique on um, the way like the world is now and the way we're headed, which is kind of sad and scary. But yeah. Uh, it was really well done. You know, they're they're really they do a really good job of uh, satiring, you know, things, uh, especially like there's a lot of uh, moments where they're like, oh, it's the future. So this happens like they just call it the future. I hate the future. <laughs> like nobody would talk like that, but it's funny. That's funny. Um, they it's also like regrets all grown up. Right. I also think that uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker like to f- with the audience a little bit. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Sorry, forgot about that. They like to mess with the audience, so they uh, they specifically threw in a couple gags to mess with people like me who use uh, Amazon Alexa products. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future, Alexa is an actual three dimensional. Yep, I saw that person that like lives with you. And so when Stan was talking to her, he kept saying his name, and they definitely because there's a lot of shows that mention that, and it doesn't set off my devices. But they did something as far as the audio mixing and the timing and the way he spoke that every single time. Well, they famously had that episode that did that several years ago. Well, I didn't know about that. It was like in the news and everything. But they did it again and it was like so annoying. 
he's like, Alexa, what is the weather? And then my thing started and oh God, I was like, stop, stop. But yeah, it was fun. Um, There's a gag that they do on Game Rumps where they're like, Alexa, play spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> but yeah, Volume I mean, 100%. I encourage you, if you're someone like me who like watched some South Park growing up but got out of it, if you want to like dip your toe back in and just like have some good laughs about the sad status of the world, check yeah. out the South Park post-COVID. Both the games that came out recently are incredible. My Amazon Alexa is talking to me right now. Nice scary it's plain scary skeletons <gasps> yes the righteous gemstones is a tv series that premiered on hbo in 2019 pre-pandemic um it was created by danny mcbride it definitely feels like a follow-up to eastbound and down and i think he did another one vice principles <laughs> yes vice principles it definitely feels like it exists in that world this time it's focusing on a fictional family um i believe their last name is righteous which is interesting oh no gemstone that's that's <laughs> that's makes more sense i thought it was the yeah uh they're a family of televangelists so they're like multi-generational that's fun yeah uh it definitely feels like uh tammy faye and jim baker kind of vibe or uh who are the other ones jeff the baddies you know bakers nope that's the one i just said oh yeah there's more they're all shit Uh, joel austin yeah oh yeah anyone who goes on tv and asks for money to watch those for religion is not a good person and this is a scathing 700 club yeah this is a scathing satire of that lifestyle that's awesome um about how they are so narcissistic and self-involved that they actually believe they're doing good even though they're taking money from innocent people and using it to live like rock stars it's got a stellar cast the patriarch of the family is portrayed by john goodman Hmm. um Danny McBride is the eldest son. They the sister is played by Edie Patterson. May not be a household name, but you're definitely going to recognize her from uh, some other Danny McBride projects. Uh, and then the youngest brother is played by Adam Devine of Workaholics fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a great cast. We get uh, creepy uncle played by Walton Goggins. Ooh, um, I like him. Basically, uh, the series opens up with the family and there is a tape that has been stolen that we don't know exactly what's on it, but it ain't good. And there's some blackmailing plot and it's about how the family deals with that while trying to stay on top of their game as like one of the leading uh, televangelists. Is this a session? Uh, no. <laughs> it sounds a lot like it. It's, it's funnier than that. Oh, okay. Uh, so dan yes i have never seen a danny mcbride show you've never seen anything with danny mcbride no so what can i expect out of a danny mcbride show over the top machismo uh swearing and uh just blustering basically okay he's down and down is phenomenal i've heard it's great i just never watched it he typically plays this type of character that's sort of like uh, an over exuberant loser, like a guy who's a douche but thinks he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and his that's, character in Hot Rod. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is totally my hat now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he made a career out of that, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I love it. I mean, there's times when it works better than others, but right. uh, um, I mean, there's just the cast is too good to fail in this. And, and it's just so well, well executed. Nice. Um, Jeff, do you have any familiarity with the series? No, I never watched it. I watched, uh, I think, some of Vice Principles, but I never watched this. I didn't have HBO at the time, and it just kind of fell away for me. Jim, you obviously haven't seen it. You didn't even know that it was Televangelist. No, I didn't. Um, That's awesome for me because I used to have to watch a lot of them. Yeah, so you should enjoy this. You know what's real awesome? When your mom likes that shit. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. (laughs) So the reason why I chose now to talk you guys into this show, this has been on my list for a while, is because it's very much in the the cultural zeitgeist. zeitgeist. Season two. Uh, just premiered at the time of this episode a few days ago. Um, so I am going to have you watch only the first two episodes of season one. Oh. Uh, this show definitely has a through plot. And I think that after episode two, you're going to get the vibe and the tone and you're going to be in a point in the plot where you're, you should want to continue on and see where it goes. Okay. I, I will say there's something that happens later that I really wanted to jump forward to, but I can't give you stuff on this show out of context. That's so fine. we'll talk about that more in the second half, but check out the first two episodes available streaming on HBO Max. It's good, guys. Sick. It's good. It's good. The Righteous Gemstones, also known as Eastbound and Down Light. <laughs> Let us get into it, fellas. Oh, I mean, yeah. arguably harsher than Eastbound and Down. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just not as like filthy as Eastbound and Down. Um, Maybe I'm not. I'm not more violent though. So far, series. definitely more violent. There is some shocking bits that I did not expect to occur. Um, yeah in one of these episodes which so we should remind on air yeah we should remind listeners if you're new to the podcast that we're going to spoil the first two episodes of the righteous gemstone season one so spoiler alert going forward jimmy jeff we watched the first two episodes yes what did you think what did i think it was good the end goodbye (laughs) yeah just kidding i thought it was okay (laughs) (laughs) a classic um so yeah we started off with um basically we're getting uh it's kind of like a cold open of um this family they're all they're doing a mass baptism in china uh which is very funny just to start with Mm -hmm. uh i thought it was a a really good way to sort of introduce a show which is funny but it's also being part of that world for a small period of my life in the past is also very accurate it's kind of funny how they they do things that you generally think as like in a biblical sense. When you think about mass baptisms, you're thinking about like a river, which, you know, does happen, especially in a lot of like Southern Baptist churches. Right. But doing it in a pool is something that like a mega church would definitely do. And I'm sure I was did. baptized sure. in my own swimming pool. You were. I was there for that. Oh, you were. Oh, I forgot about that. That's yeah. Funny. So it's I mean. That's one thing that the show does, especially more going forward, um, is they're really good at, at pulling out some of the more ridiculous aspects of Christianity, or at least this sect of Christianity, and lampooning it. Yes. Mm. Which is so very, inevitably very close to me. <laughs> inevitably, as 
as needed to happen, the wave pool gets activated in the middle of this baptism. Yeah, that's really funny. But yeah, we we definitely start to see the family dynamic too, just early on, like they're just yelling at each other. Yeah, and, and the banter is just Danny McBride. Like he wrote these episodes too. Right. Um, yep. You know, did you just splash me? <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny because like some of that stuff delivered by any other actor wouldn't be funny. Like a lot of the, the things yeah. I laugh at in this show aren't really jokes. They're just yeah. like delivery and the person saying it. It's just very now funny. what did you guys think I, I mean jeff reference eastbound and down jimmy you've seen some danny mcbride stuff right i've seen like him in movies i've never watched any of his like s- single shows okay well what did you guys think of the introduction of john goodman adam divine and Edie peterson into this world because they're newcomers to this style but i think all of them especially adam divine get this type of comedy well i mean adam divine is comedic divine like, I right. said divine, Adam divine. No, I'm saying he's divine. Oh, uh, that's, oh, don't. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously not. his character on Workaholics was, you know, right. out there just like crazy over the top, but it's still the same kind of comedy. Like he, this is him more toned back, but not in a bad way. Not in like, I, I made a joke about being, you know, eastbound and down light but it's not like a a watered down version of his type of comedy the sister i didn't know i don't know who she is i've never seen her before um john goodman is obviously very funny from the classic television series roseanne (laughs) roseanne but i mean he's also done he he's really good at dry humor too you know i mean obviously we've seen him in the big lebowski and other cohen brothers movies um his character in this so far I don't think he he does that great. Like, obviously, he's the straight man, right? Um, but so far, his character isn't very interesting or funny to me. Mm, I think he's... So he's in an interesting place as, an, as a, what an actor has to do in this role, which is that he has to be part of this over-the-top ridiculous world, but like Jeff said, he has to be the straight man of that world. So he has to feel a part of it, but also not a part of it. So he does. I think he like toes the line in an interesting way. Um, he, there's a lot of menace in his performance, too. Like we see yeah. moments in, in the second episode where he's threatening his uh, brother pastas that are just like, yeah, pretty effed up. <clears throat> well, yeah, I, I mean, he what does. John Goodman's really good at, too, just in general. Yeah, he yeah. does. He plays his role well. He brings some gravitas to a ridiculous show. So far, that's not really entertaining to me um, Mm. in in a dramatic or comedic sense. But it's not like he's bad in his role. It's just that that character could be played by another actor. And I would be saying the same thing. I think that they're underutilizing John Goodman for being John Goodman. Mm. At least in these two episodes. You know, I mean, this is from a guy who's hosted SNL like 12 times. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's more to come. And I think you get hints of that when you see. Uh, his relationship with his uh, departed wife and how he's like living yeah. in that past, watching the old videos. There's there's definitely more uh, pathos that they dive into with uh, his character. Um, Jim, you want to sort of go yeah. through what the, I mean, it's pretty straightforward plot of these two episodes. You want to yeah. sort of make yeah. your way through that? For sure. I mean, just a couple little things too in the very beginning too, when they're arriving back at the compound. And they have this song going on. I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head, but uh, it's basically talking about how like 
lord is king or whatever and of course the it's the juxtaposition of like they're living like kings or whatever mm-hmm. i was just like love that that's really good um but yeah i mean it's basically we get to see this uh this family uh that um is the head of this mega church um i, I don't remember a lot of the specifics of the plot it's mostly just about their supposed downfall because danny mcbride's character what's his name again jesse 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 uh gemstone jesse gemstone <laughs> he be he gets blackmailed um by seeing a video of him snorting coke with a prostitute and uh basically that's going to be the downfall so in this in this video his friend chad is there his friends are there which his friends are fine but it's it's they're more there to make jesse have funny lines i think Mm. like it's just a group of straight men but they show his friend chad's penis and i was watching this with my (laughs) wife and like we were laughing and she's like oh it's a penis ha 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 and then throughout this, there's more penis. And she was like, wow, there's a lot of penis in this show. And I'm like, yeah, because penis is funny. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, You're right. And there's then, also and like I'm, a I'm great taken back to um, looking back in retrospect. It's very problematic. But Louis C.K., one of his first shows that I'm aware of was Lucky Louie. It was just like a sitcom, but on HBO. So there was kind of no limits. And his brother-in-law, Richard, would frequently be on the show naked for no reason. And in an interview, they asked, like, how come you show him naked, but not like women naked? And Louis C.K. was like, because male nudity is funny. And it is like if you just if a penis shows up, it's just intrinsically hilarious. There's a great visual gag that I didn't even notice the first time I watched this show through. But I I noticed on this rewatch, which is um, so when Jesse is showing his cohorts, which. I mean, this group of guys, they're basically like the ultimate yes men followers. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so when like he's showing them. The, have. Yeah. So he's he's showing them the video to show them like what kind of trouble they're in. And he's projecting it uh, in like a theater room. But he's standing up in front and he pauses it. And Chad's penis is on his face through the entire conversation. Yeah, it like, is. It's either I'm on his like, face or right next to it. But yeah, it's that's, so good. It's just so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, they're being blackmailed by this mysterious uh, masked man who's demanding a million dollars. Jesse realizes he tries to get it from his church, from his father's church. It's not happening. So he eventually, like, in desperation, he goes to his sister Judy and his brother Kelvin. They basically agree to help him, not because they care about him, but because if he goes down, the entire family's going down. Right in, in controversy, a necessity. Yeah. yeah, they're they're basically doing it to save themselves as much as him. Uh, what we didn't realize is that Judy has been stashing money that she's been skimming from the church inside like a ceiling tile yeah, or and, something. And the yeah, reason they do that, like, school. It, it comes off kind of funny and like um, sexist because it is. But you know, like the two sons in the family, they get to be pastors. They get to have all this. And the daughter is like a Sunday school teacher. She doesn't get the same um, acclaim or status that the brothers get right and throughout this series. Like they frequently have family dinners together and she's engaged in her fiance says something like that. Like, you know, she never gets to speak or whatever. And then um, Jesse's wife, who is very naive through this whole episode, and that character is played really well by whoever that actress is. Mm. But she starts to speak up and then she's like, 
oh, can I speak, honey? <laughs> and it's so funny, but it's also really sad because it's so accurate to that world. Like when I was going to a church, there were literally classes for men and women on how to be a husband and how to be a wife and yep. like what you should do. And even my mom, who's in that world at our at my wife and I's wedding, like her speech or she gave like a little thing. I don't know what it was, um, but she said something like a wife must submit to the husband. And me and my wife are standing at the altar, like just <laughs> looking at each other dead in the eyes, trying not to react. And then afterwards, like still to this day, we're like, I'm like, submit to me because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and it's just it's so accurate. Like the amount of small detail that you might think is just kind of funny is exceptionally accurate to this world of fake God people. It's also, well, to back up a little bit, Cassidy Freeman plays Amber Gemstone, the wife. I agree. Like, she's not a performer I'm familiar with, but throughout this series, she just kills it in, like, every regard. Um, she's, like, the alpha female, but also, like, knows that in order to maintain her, her position. To her husband. Yeah. Exactly. In order to maintain her position and her social hierarchy, she still has to... Um, be submissive to jesse who's a buffoon like she's more qualified in every regard than him um but yeah i mean there's an underhanded like unspoken misogyny that they've all just grown up with that's like very real and lived in so like mm -hmm. when they return from china judy basically like calls it out she's like how come um jesse and uh what's the other brother's name kelvin or calvin, calvin yep Kelvin, why do they get to be Kelvin. pastors? Yeah. And I have to be a secretary. And uh, they're like, oh, no, you're not a secretary. Like, they try to assuage her. But later in the episode. Yeah, like, you have your role. Yeah. Later <laughs> yeah. in the episode, um, when we see Dermot Mulroney's character, who's a, a different pastor, when he talks to John Goodman's uh, Eli Gemstone. Dylan about McDermott? Dermot Mulroney. Uh, <laughs> Is it Dylan McDermott? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's both. Um, when he's speaking to Eli Gemstone about making plans to get together with him, with without a second thought, John Goodman's like, oh, you can reach out to Judy. She sets my calendar. So it's like she literally is a secretary. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like just things that Hello? you think are just regular lines in there. Yeah. Dan's great Internet working for him. <laughs> yeah. A little drop out there. Sorry about that. We are remote because of Omicron yeah we love to see it so uh the next like sort of the big uh penultimate moment of this episode is the swapping of the money for the right. tape so right. they meet at this uh little parking lot and there's some back and forth between the guy in the Satan which is mask. a great place to meet for you know uh a million dollar blackmail on a very well-lit parking lot and a strip mall yes uh it becomes clear that these blackmailers are not like experts. There appears to be two Correct. of them at first. Jesse's arguing about how they're going to do the handoff. Finally, like he just like drops the money in the middle of the parking lot. And the uh, guy in the uh, devil mask has to come out to get it. He he gives Jesse the um, flash drive. And then Jesse immediately attacks him with his little like uh, self-protection like wand a, thing. Like a baton. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
there's also a subplot that we kind of glossed over, but Jesse suspects that Dermot Mulroney's character, who's like a pastor vying for the same congregation, is responsible for the blackmail. So him and his cronies go out to his house to try to attack him. But Dermot Mulroney gets the drop and he shoots one of the guys. I think Chad. <laughs> Chad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he survives, but he's like badly wounded. And, and later they're cleaning him with Windex and paper towels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all very good. So anyways, uh, Jesse gets the drop on the blackmailer, beats him up, and uh, basically, like, the other person in the van starts shooting at them. So the gemstones run back to their car, and as they're fleeing, they run over the blackmailer. And Dude, then that part was just like, I was shocked, and my wife was like, oh my god, because you don't, you you know, this is like, it's, it's a dramedy, oh. but you don't expect, like you know that to happen is dan gone dan dropped out um yeah so but you know this is like a dramedy but you don't expect like to hear a skull crunching under tires um yes and then the other the other masked person is running away and they just back over them and just like back over them you hear crunching and then they drive over the body again so they're like oh they're dead dead um, yeah. So you're like, oh shit, you know, this happened. Where is it going to go next? Because, like I said, it's a right. well lit parking lot. Will they be seen? They're well known. Um, right. It's kind yeah, of funny, too, because, like, even, th- even throughout like the episodes that we watched, you know, they're very well known. They're kind of like a Joel Osteen. If I was in the yes. supermarket shopping next to Joel Osteen, I probably wouldn't recognize it because I wouldn't be in that mindset. But you know, somebody would be like, oh my God, that's Joel Osteen. And then you would know. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that is Joel Osteen. Holy shit. Why is Joel yeah. Osteen in Connecticut and not taking advantage of people in Texas? Yeah, he does that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a few things about this episode in general, too. Like, I wanted to go into the show because of the uh mega churchy elements of it um which i definitely did get a lot of because mega church man uh sorry jim um but like it's just the like buckets of cash that they were getting after that performance was happening in in during like the service i was like that's depressing and also yeah true oh dude it's Uh, so funny it's so true there was yeah. I'm going to just throw in a lot of little stories peppered in from <laughs> from my time in the cult. Uh, and there was one of my mom's friends, you know, like where we don't have money. A lot of people that go to these churches don't have money. Poor people, you know, like we were. And she had like a ten dollar bill, but they guilt you into tithing. So as the plates coming around, she put in a 10 and took out change. Which is like, you know, whatever. You left $5, but that's just not proper etiquette. And she was like lambasted by everybody who saw. And then, you know, gossip, which is a a deadly cardinal sin. You shouldn't gossip. uh, Began and like, can you believe that she put money in and took money out? It's not like she was stealing. She was just trying to feed her fucking kid. Sorry, Jim. But yeah, no, when the plate's going around, I'm just like, oh, man, this this hurts my soul. There's also that that moment where... um, where Judy's fiance, uh, BJ, tries to put money in the offering plate and she like she's like, No, no, we don't do that. She's like <laughs> just passes it by. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good too. Um the the comedy of the show I thought was a little bit more subdued than I was expecting. Yeah. Especially for sure. with the Danny McBride show. Um, but I thought definitely the characters and like the plot kind of we're at least there to keep me going where I was like, at least there's like a few clips here and there. And like, obviously it's situationally very funny that he's getting blackmailed because he was doing Coke with a sex worker. Um, but like, it's also 
not like slapsticky haha funny other than like a few like little moments no yeah um, like it is funny the characters and, are keeping and it does have drama and character development and there's still like curiosity as to some of these characters you know like they mention right. we see kelvin's friend keith who has a great mullet and he's shirtless and has yeah. a 666 tattooed on his chest <laughs> yeah. and then you hear other things like one of uh jesse's sons calls him the f word and he's like hey that's not funny i i know gay people and then he in an argument you know insinuates that kelvin and jesse are gay lovers and you're like oh i wonder what that's all about or like what their relationship is so there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about at the end of the first episode but then the second episode oh yeah sorry Uh, i was just gonna say too john goodman like literally slaps two grown men too which was also like depressing and funny at the same time Well, yeah you see that but then you see that's why jesse is the way he is towards his kids you know he slaps his Mm -hmm. kid for swearing and and the swearing thing too like even from jesse he'll swear but then he'll use like replacement swearing like he'll say god damn but then he'll say gosh dang and (laughs) it's like you could tell he's trying not to but he also doesn't really care because he doesn't believe and he doesn't practice what he preaches which is very accurate um so I think that's funny. But then we also find out that there's another son that ran away and their names like Gideon and Pontius. Like, why would a yeah. man of Jesus name his son Pontius <laughs> is beyond me. But it's so funny. It's like you picked a name out of the Bible and it's like, yeah, let's pick that one. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will stick with this one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a good segue into episode two, which um, delves a little bit deeper into jesse's family as jeff referenced they have a son gideon who we find out through the course of this episode has left the family to become a stuntman in hollywood well i mean we're we're spoiling and we can jump around you guys knew that the third was gideon pretty early on right when i was originally watching the show i did not i was surprised oh okay because i thought that they did i don't know if it was a good job at hiding it but i was like this is clear. They're clearly trying to mislead you because they never say his name. They say Judy right. and the other guy's name all the time. They never say his name. Um, you know, he seems a little bit more like not ready to kill and not like, you know, crazy. Right. And it's just they left a lot of hints to say this is Gideon without saying it. And well, I thought it was really obvious. So I don't know if they did a good job at hiding it or not. But yeah, well, to like, clarify. What- what Jeff's talking about is that there was a third part of the blackmail group, and it turns out to be Jesse's missing son, Gideon. Jimmy, did you see this coming? Uh, I didn't see it coming, but I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just kind of letting things wash over and writing. I should say, in my defense, um, when this show originally aired, it was not like it was a regular HBO series. It didn't come out on HBO Max. <laughs> So I was watching it one week and then waiting. Well, yeah, because this ends and you just there's two people laying there. The second episode starts with a third person popping up. But I mean, they left some pretty big hints, like when Pontius breaks into or they're in Gideon's room and then Jesse comes in here and then like the youngest son is rattling the awards. He's like, stop playing with those coins. And they're like um, martial arts awards. And then in the hotel, when Gideon is fighting the other robber, like they're bat, they're kind of like in a tiff. He's pulling out like some Kung Fu shit. And that moment, I was like, this is 100 percent Gideon. No doubts about it. That was a great moment of physical comedy, too. Not only is he supremely competent as a fighter, but he's going against a guy who was hit by a van. and (laughs) He's got like a neck brace and he's got his arm in a sling. He's fighting one handed. I just thought that was like the most hilarious fight. It was basically Gideon not wanting to hurt him worse. There was another scene when... um, 
the two other i forgot their names uh judy no not judy the two robbers that got hit by the car they both lived um when they're escaping from the hospital and he's walking away and his gown is open and there's just a male ass <laughs> but he's walking by a family and there's two little kids there very funny yeah, yeah that was really good again male nudity it's hilarious i'm telling yeah, you I was, oh scott MacArthur plays scotty um that's the the head of the gang the guy who wears the mask he, i i kept thinking it was doug benson i know it wasn't doug benson but he just has doug benson vibes i've seen this guy other places i can't he's like one of those comedic character actors that's shown up places but you can't think where and then the, right. his his ex-girlfriend who ends up leaving the gang is uh lucy played by virginia gardner right so yeah this episode they're just trying to basically hunt down the red van um find out where they are they've been staying at a motel for a week that's kind of the whole episode really and at the end it culminates into um gideon coming home and and you find out that it's actually his son right there's also another great physical comedy sequence where um jesse sends his henchmen his male bible study crew who are on the videotape to go reclaim the security oh, camera yeah, that footage from the tire shop yeah that was really good and at first they try to like scheme their way in they're like oh the manager said that i could you look at the videotape and the guy's like i'm the manager I'm the manager yeah. <laughs> what are they, so they look like a man i'm a man <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're really bad at it and they leave and they tell jesse like oh we couldn't get it and he's like go back in there so they go in there and they just start attacking the guy and it's like the weirdest most awkward fight scene yeah it was really good but like it was still like big music or whatever yeah yeah it was funny it was portrayed as like this big battle royale but really it was yeah. pathetic <laughs> um, um yeah i mean that's pretty much the episode the second episode it wasn't really that plot heavy because like obviously the first episode is a lot of table setting and stuff mm -hmm. um but yeah this episode is basically just to get to point a to point b and find out that gideon is that third guy right um but yeah i mean this episode in general i thought was fine i thought it was weaker the weakest of the two yeah. episodes it's also the shorter episode the first weaker. episode is an hour and this was like a half hour right. yeah yeah definitely um and then yeah i mean I guess sort of like my overall thoughts on the uh, show is um, I thought it was very interesting to go with this like mega churchy kind of idea. Televangelist. Um, televangelist for sure. Um, it, like it's something that's not really tackled because obviously a lot of high people in high places. Well, the thing is, is that it's very easy to make fun of these it kind is. of people and this lifestyle it's yeah. exceptionally easy and i've seen it done but this is done with a subtlety that kind of bites harder like the it, yep. it is absurd because what the, the subject matter is absurd but they don't just go out there like it's they're not like a cartoon character you know right it's, right it's it's over the top there's it's character caricatures but it's not they don't go for the easy laughs the well, easy laughs are in there but they they flesh them out they do something really smart which is that these people are ridiculous in their personal lives but they're also good at what they do now, I'm not into yep. this style of preaching or this style of church or anything like that. But for people who are, they do a really good job of showing that if you only knew the gemstones from their public appearances, from what they present, 
they're very qualified. Like they're they yeah. don't make the jokes of them being incompetent and stupid and right. you know hypocritical on camera or in front of an audience. They're very polished in that manner. So it's it's easy to imagine that these people it, it makes to Jeff's point, it makes the comedy work better because if they're competent in front of the camera, like Joel, Jeff referenced Joel Osteen, what if right. he's as ridiculous in his personal life as the gemstones are? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, Jeff, you have any overall thoughts? I do have a final push for you guys. Overall thoughts. Um, I do like the style of comedy that Danny McBride has. I'm a fan of him and the comedy circle <laughs> that he's in. Uh, like I said, just the subject matter, you know, I never got, I was never deep into it, but I was around it enough in my real life, in my teenage years that it, it hits home in a very funny way. Like I've been to churches like that. I've been to events like that. I've been to small churches where people like this come. I know that when, uh, my uncle was, uh, the youth group leader at the church I went to, he passed away. And then when I left the church a couple years later, his replacement, you know, got caught for sexting a 15 year old, that guy's dad, who was like a pastor at the church, admitted he had some kind of like porn addiction and then like left the church. So it's just like, these people are real. You grew um, up cult adjacent. Yes. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in the cult, <laughs> in the cult. Um, but I, I was familiar with it. You know, I mostly just went cause my uncle was awesome and we hung out a lot. And then I had some other friends that liked Blink-182 and Star Trek and Star Wars and magic and Animorphs. So we would just like hang out and not really care about the God stuff that much. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very well done and it is comedy that I am familiar with and find comfort in. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really give all of my overall thoughts. Oh, sorry. I just kind of took it over. Go but, ahead, Jim. Um, I do. I do really like the characters. Um, I think the character is really good. I don't care that much about like the Gideon subplot. Um, I guess it is kind of like the main plot. Like I don't care about the blackmailing stuff. I'm just more interested in seeing like right. this mega church get like. I don't know, exposed Fall. stuff. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't care about, like, the blackmailers or any of that. Um, but I think, like, again, I think John Goodman is a really good actor. I don't think he's utilized quite well enough yet. Uh, I hope that he does. But I'm also um, very interested in seeing where Danny Bride's character goes to and see if there's any, like, big changes with him. All right, guys. So my final push is sort of twofold. The first push is that what if I told you that everything that you wanted more of is coming? Mm. I would believe you because why would you lie about it? <laughs> there's <laughs> there's more John Goodman. There's more pathos. There's less of the blackmail. Basically, the blackmail was a way to get the players on the board to introduce this family and these criminals and set them up for a plan that is to come. Um. Okay. The second part of my final push is that there is also a subplot that is possibly my favorite in the show, but is too long running mm. to introduce to you guys. Like, in other words, if I had given you one more episode, it would has open it, up a can of worms that would require you to watch more episodes. Has it been introduced right. yet? No. Okay. Uh, my favorite character of the show has not appeared. It is baby Billy Freeman played by Walton Goggins. Okay. Oh, I love Walton Goggins. Playing an old man. Uh, 
from like the deep south with a crazy accent and crazy appearance and uh singing songs that went viral on the internet uh it is tremendous and definitely takes like the -the over-the-top slapsticky comedy to a new level so i think you're gonna get more of what you want less of what you don't want and something that you didn't even expect (laughs) okay so uh i i guess uh yeah that would be my final push just keep going i think you're like you're just dipping your toe in the water of the righteous gemstones Right, and season two is starting now, right? Yes, it is. Season and two. Season, season one came out like three years ago, so it's been a while. 2019, yeah. It was, um, I'm sure like the pandemic obviously had a lot to do with it. Right. But, um, right. When's this episode airing that well, we're recording now? Uh, like next week. So for three days from now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, this first episode of season two dropped January 9th, which is like a couple Tomorrow. days ago in yeah. this world yeah. that you're listening to. <laughs> so it's on HBO Max. I encourage you guys to check it out. Let's find out if Jimmy and Jeff are going to check it out. Jimmy, Jeff, was I able to talk you into the righteous gemstones? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Easy, that yes. you talked Lindsay into it even more than me. She loves it. <laughs> um, usually would talk me into stuff. She'll either not watch it or not care. But after the first episode, she was like surprised. She's like, I really like the show. <laughs> and when we watch a second one, she's like, all right, let's watch more. And I was like, I don't would talk me into it. I don't do that. I don't want to yeah. get like muddled. So Same. then we watched like the next couple of days. We watched some of our regular shows. And then last night we were out and we watched three more episodes. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with baby Bobby, baby, Billy. Baby. Um, oh, you've watched more isn't he awesome yeah yeah he's really good and it's great how they always call him bo- baby first like yep. they never don't call him baby <laughs> and it's he's a 60 year old man he's baby yeah. billy and it's funny that's too because the second they showed his face i was like oh shit that's walton goggins <laughs> and Lindsay knows him as venus from sons of anarchy and i was like you know who yep. that is and then i said it and he's, she's like oh my god i could see it in the face <laughs> jimmy i don't know if you've seen that but he plays a transgender no. woman and oh. with very large fake breasts okay and uh yeah um Jim, what'd you yeah. think? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say like super hard talked into, but I think it kind of hits that niche. Like this is sort of what I like the big like enterprise thing. I like it presents itself kind of like what I assume succession is. Mm. I, I've never watched succession. <laughs> it's a ridiculous like, succession. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a succession, but like with ridiculous elements and like comedic actors in it. I like, like that that's comparison. I want to hit. Yeah. That's where I wanted to hit, so that yeah. kind of really hits that niche for me. And plus, it's only so, like uh, eight or ten episodes, it. and you yeah. know, it's it's Might easy. Well There's only it. one season so far. Second season starting. Um, yeah, right. I I enjoyed it. I liked what I saw of Vice Principals, even though I never finished it. It's mm. it is that. Um, yeah, it's right up my alley. This was an easy one. I'm just more shocked that Lindsay loves it. Um, I think she loves the absurdity of the subject as well, but also just like just the little jokes, like in the background, just like I said, some of the stuff is just so funny. Like even when, when, um, Judy's husband or fiance gets the nose job and then Jesse throws a a biscuit at his face and like breaks his (laughs) nose. And she's like, yeah, you should probably get Jesse to pay for that. And he's like, I will. And then she comes back and she's like. He's not going to pay for it. And then there's another pause. And then she's like, use your own money. (laughs) It's just funny stuff like that. Just like in passing. That's so funny. And there's this one part in another episode, no spoilers, but Gideon's back and he has a story where he meets Vin Diesel. 
And <laughs> and the mom is like, who's that? And then Jesse's like, you wouldn't like him. He's in these terrible Fast and Furious movies. It's not even about family. It's about action. And he's like, when I was a kid, I met Terry Savalas in the grocery store. And everybody's like, who? Oh, Terry Savalas. Kojak? You don't know Terry Savalas? Oh, now we're going to pretend like we don't know Terry Savalas. It's just. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Jim, like Jeff said, it's nine episodes. I think you should like take some time, cram through it. These episodes are going to roll out. Season two is going to roll out once a week. Yeah. There's plenty of time to get caught up and binge, you know, a few episodes yeah, of season two. It's a good, good. This is a good choice, Dan. Very, very good. good. Thank good. you, Jeff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are we doing for the next episode? Next episode, I'm I'm treating you guys to a short little playlist. Okay. This one, Ooh. this this topic I picked a little a little inside baseball we were supposed to record a little bit more last time and last minute i was like let's just do something quick so i threw together this playlist and uh it's a band that i've loved for 20 years now paint it black they are a hardcore band out of i think the philadelphia area uh maybe all over the place i think they're kind of just like a hardcore super group um and dan i don't know if you're familiar with them jimmy you're probably not i know one ep from bridge nine records that yeah. I remember listening to with you back in the day. Yeah, I played them very regularly on our first internet radio show. Yes. Nice. Jim, you ever listen to them? Uh, no, I knew the name, but that's probably just the Rolling Stones yeah. song. Yeah, well, also, this playlist is probably like 15 songs, and it's about 20 minutes. So yeah, cool. <laughs> it's very thrashy and, and quick. Fun. In the meantime, Dan, where can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? Jeff, the real question is where can't you find Talk Me Into this these days? I mean, we're everywhere. We we're we not are on everywhere. AOL homepage. We're not on those. We're not That's on true. MySpace. Yeah, our our AIM was deleted three years ago. Yeah. You could find yeah. us on Craigslist Missed Connections. Uh, oh, that's cute. <laughs> no, we're. Uh, I mean, here's an easy way to start. Uh, talk me into Talk me into dot com has like everything that we're on. So if you don't know where to find us, go there. Uh, on the socials, we're on Twitter at talk me into we're on instagram at talk me into pod and we're on tiktok at talk me into um we have a patreon that blah 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 we get a lot of stuff on there you you dumb bastard you set a timer for this call that we're on we just got a notification this call will end in 10 minutes all right so let's get through fast find us everywhere (laughs) jim where are you you can find me at son of a fitch on twitter instagram and youtube jeff where can people find you people find me on twitter at j-e-f-f-f-f-f-f-2-7 the chef of five f's and number 27 uh usually i post political stuff but because we have the greatest liberal president of all time i don't do that much anymore because he's getting everything done just like we knew he would so i mostly just post about doctor who there was just a new season and a new special and uh i Jeff, we don't have time to talk about doctor who oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god dan where can people find you on the internet twitter at danny underscore breakdown thank you for listening to talk me into what will we talk you into next i I found a red door and i want want to paint paint it black black. we didn't plan that and it's probably no time because we're on the internet (laughs) yes yeah Oh, it's me? I'm doing it? Sure, why not? You can start recording whenever your little Ooh, you little heart just <laughs> Glitch there for a second. Okay, I'm, I am now recording. 
I oh, Jimmy, you, you get to count us in because we're doing this remotely again. Yeah. So you guys are both recording? Yep. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. I call oh, it nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> nostalgia oh. for a year ago. Nostalgia for when the virus gets worse and we can't have human interaction again. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Ooh. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> that one got Jimmy real good. It wasn't even that yeah. clever. I'm going to turn off my camera just because uh, oh, okay. okay. I just got an internet message warning. Great. An internet message warning? You, don't you have super good internet now? Yeah. Warning, you cannot do two things at once. <laughs> Please turn off one of the things you are doing, but continue to pay us an outrageous amount of money for your 700 megabytes down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. You want me to bring us in? <clears throat> sure. Surely. In, Jeffrey. All right. Can you text him? We'll just keep our tracks going. Yeah. Oh, Dan, are you there? You there, Dan? I am now. All right. Okay. Your track's still going? Yes. All right, Jimmy, okay. I guess mark it so it's easier for you to edit out. I did, yeah. <laughs>